CoinWorld Plus is your new way to collect, manage your inventory, digitally authenticate coins, create your want list, buy and sell coins, and much more. Learn more about CoinWorld Plus at CoinWorldPlus.com or download the app now at Google Play or the App Store. Welcome to the CoinWorld Podcast with your host, Jeff Stark. And as I've said from day one of this show, this is a big tent hobby. There's a lot of room for folks. And Larry Jewett. And learning has been such a tremendous amount of this journey. The Coin World Podcast. Welcome to the Coin World Podcast. I, I feel like I've been in witness relocation or something. I'm not sure I'm actually doing this right. I, I'll do the part that I know I can do. I'm Larry Jewett. And I'm Jeff Stark. And boy, uh, we are so glad to be back here after a couple weeks away. We thank you for holding on and hanging out in uh, the meantime, though. Indeed. And we appreciate all that you've done and uh, continue to do. And we welcome your suggestions as the guests are becoming kind of elusive. So we have to really step up our effort. It's almost like deer season has kicked in and, you know, everybody's out in the woods someplace. And I'm sure that's going to get letters from those who don't abide by the sport. But And I'm one of them. But, you know, just the idea that uh, everybody's kind of busy here, the holiday season coming up and everything. So, you know, we're, we're trying our best and we're going to, you know, hopefully enjoy a little time together talking about all that's been going on in numismatics because there's been lots of it happening since you went off to Ottawa and I went off to Nashville and I've done some traveling since then too. And, uh, you know, just kind of catch up. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you spent a day at the uh, St. Louis show, didn't you? I, I did uh, half a day. I would have liked to have had more time. I just didn't get there. And my my nephew had uh, uh, a race to run, so I didn't get to take him to the show this time. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. And uh, anytime you can go to a coin show, call that a good day, um, uh, in my book. And uh, can't uh, I don't know when the next one I'll be at. Maybe um, maybe New York uh, International, probably uh, unless there's a little one day show coming up here. Uh, that I can't remember, um, but, uh, you know, locally, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time, found a few things, nothing really of note, uh, no pun intended, nothing, uh, trying to, trying to be more restrictive with what I'm getting. Uh, I, I don't have space for everything and I don't have a budget for everything. And there's, um, you know, there's just so many cool things out there. You have to uh, have to really rein it in and, and be mindful. And that's I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit in the uh, this week in Coin World history. Uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking about on this uh, along this vein, and there was something that I saw that provides a, an interesting object lesson. But we'll get to that in a minute. I guess the big thing is um, coming out of. Florida in your neck of the woods, sort of, right? Do you, you want to uh, talk about that yet? Yeah, definitely want to talk about that. And we made the announcement on Wednesday or Thursday, actually Thursday the 9th of November of a new show that's coming to the Tampa Convention Center. Happened to be right in my backyard, though I have nothing to do with it. The show is called the Great American Coin and Collectibles Show, and it's going to be uh, held September 10th through the 14th at the Tampa Convention Center. And 
quite a bit of buzz going around about that already is uh you know the announcement came out while the baltimore whitman baltimore expo was going on and uh so people were starting to talk about that but uh it's a uh con- joint effort between coin world so for the first time in 63 years of coin world we're actually going to get involved in the live event side of things we partnered up with larry shepherd of uh, Shepherd Expos Management, and uh, both Rick Amos, our CEO, and Larry Shepherd made that announcement on the 9th. Both of those are former podcast guests, by the way. So uh, the announcement's coming out here, and if still, when something is brand new like this, there's not a lot of details. There's more questions than details. And so throughout the course of the next 10 months or so, we hope to get a lot of those questions answered. I mean, I have a lot of myself here, and I'm hoping that our uh, Florida... Uh, numismatists get behind it and come over and attend the show. I mean, public attendance is going to be critical in my mind, but uh, we're going to try to, as Rick put it, going to try to take the coin shows into the next level. And we'll have to see. That's pretty uh, tall order sometimes, but we'll have to see what that comes down to. And of course, I'll be doing my shopping there as well. And that'll uh, get me off of the online platforms for a while. And when I looked at how much I spent on mercury dimes here recently i'm going why i don't even collect mercury dimes but they're just cool <laughs> you 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 acquire them you collect them it's yeah uh... pretty much it's accumulation versus a collection a collection is is something done with purpose and accumulation is something that you acquired just because i mean i kind of went through that with uh reptiles for a while so you know it's just like now what now what do i do with them so just, uh, but that's it. I mean, that's the big news, big exciting news for us is the idea that uh, you'll hear more about that throughout the course of the podcast. And certainly, even though it's in Florida, we invite anyone who wants to come on in and see it. Hopefully, it's a high quality program that we can get some satisfaction out of. Certainly, can't beat the idea of a of a trip to Florida. So, again, more well, will be known. I can tell you the website is active now just basic information is available get yourself on a, a mailing list that's uh, the great american coins and collectibles show has the web address of g g is in george a is in adam cc c is in Car- cc is in carson city g-a-c-c dot show s-h-o-w so keep that in mind it's kind of a unique thing that we have out there imax had it but it's g-a-c-c Dot show and as more information is made available that's the place where you're going to find it Interesting. so i have to ask what's uh tampa like in september mid-september <laughs> not bad uh you know it's like tampa in august except a little cooler and it's like tampa in uh, october except a little warmer so yeah, yeah well <laughs> yeah pretty much I, it. I i guess uh the next order of business for me after this show is to uh, uh look at the Tampa Bay Rays schedule and see when the nearest game is around that time. I, I hadn't even uh, haven't done that yet. So yeah, that's right at the convergence of uh, the toward the tail end of baseball season and the second week of football season. So you've got all kinds of things going on there. There are a number of hotels that are on board with the, this program, and there are a number of eateries in uh, the close proximity where it can be a uh, total enjoyment there in downtown Tampa. The convention center itself has been lauded by some trade organizations here recently as uh, 
top-notch facility here. So it's just going to be great. It's going to be a new venue for those who haven't been before and, you know, just making it fit into the schedule, making it fit into so that every, some people believe there's just too much going on. Some people are anxious for something new and something different. We'll find out. Well, uh, you heard it here first, uh, then maybe uh, listeners, that's uh, big news coming coming your way next year. So now that we've looked ahead, let's uh, let's look backward a little bit, uh, shall we? Sure, let's do that. Um, this week in numismatic history, I'm jumping to November 13th, 1974. What happened that day? Well, that was when Mint Director Mary Brooks presented then-President Gerald Ford with a specimen set of bicentennial coins. Uh, the bicentennial coinage is, of course, so iconic and important to the modern U.S. collector because of what it represented uh, as the nation's anniversary, but also the first major design change in circulation. And we also think about that these days as the Mint is looking forward to the semi-quincentennial in 2026, just a scant three years, uh, less than three years from now, actually, if you go strictly by days on the calendar. So a little more than two days, uh, two years, uh, one month and a few weeks. So uh, 2026 is the next big anniversary. 1976 was the, the last big anniversary. And on November 13th, 1974, of course, the coins are dual dated 1776-1976. That was when the president received a set of the coins. I wonder if those coins are in the Gerald Ford Library and Museum. Uh, that's, I guess, somewhere in uh, Michigan, I believe. Probably Grand Rapids area. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to say, but I, I didn't want to be wrong. So I hedged my bets. Um but, and, you know, uh, an interesting fact is the fact that, you know, many people associate Gerald Ford with Michigan because, obviously, he represented this state, but he wasn't born in Michigan. In fact, he uh, was born at a place where no other president was born. Dale? No. <laughs> what, what, what place was he born that no other president was, uh, was born? Uh, was don't born. say a hospital. <laughs> no, no, no. He was born in Nebraska. Ah, okay. He, you mean he's the only president to hail from Nebraska? That's what I'm saying, because, I mean, so many people associated with Michigan, but he okay. was actually born in Nebraska. Okay. I, I You know, I knew uh, Eisenhower was Kansas. I didn't realize Ford was Nebraska. So mm -hmm. your, your little uh, bit of presidential trivia there. Should have saved it. Should have saved it. I would have had you. Should have saved it. Oh, okay. Well, you know, uh, you can get me a little bit later. How about that? Okay, I'll try. All right. So, uh, you know, one thing as was looking, getting ready for the show, I went uh, just random number generator and, and found 1996. And so I, for this week in Coin World history, I we looked at the November 11th issue, which, of course, Veterans Day. And um, for that importance, there was nothing in the front issue that really talked about that. But I wasn't really 
jazzed by some of the news that I saw in that issue. But I got to thinking, you know, 1996 was um, sort of the my early heyday when I had uh, I, I had subscribed to Coin World in I know sometime around 95, 96 because I saw news of the 1995 Double Die Lincoln set. And, um, you know, I was just a young collector, knew nothing. Uh, I I knew even less than I know now. Um, And, you know, as I look at all my stuff and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do with this and how am I going to get it organized and what do I want and not want and uh, all this and that, you know, I, I couldn't help but look at the advertisements and be amused and surprised and kicking myself a little bit at some of the prices for some stuff. And I thought this was an object lesson in, you know, how we really never know what things are going to be um, popular and valuable down the line, though you can kind of, may, maybe there's some Maybe there's some lessons here. Um, who wouldn't want to go back in time, hop in the magical time machine and buy a Christmas uh, silver one ounce round for $6.75? Who wouldn't want to pick up a flat pack proof set uh, for $7? That's the, uh, you know, it's got silver quarter half uh, dime in it. Uh, today, that's a $30 plus wholesale object. Morgan dollars for 11, eight, 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 nine to $11 each bulk. Proof Silver Eagles for 17 bucks. But you know, it wasn't all winners. Uh, there were some, some losers in there. I saw a 1996 proof set at $12. Uh, poundage for $10 a pound. That's just common world coins. Um, today, that proof set's Eight fifty, less than what it was selling for back then. The poundage is about ten dollars a pound, depending on where you get it. Um, Five thousand wheat cents for two hundred and seventy nine bucks. Um, that's that's about where the retail market is today, I think, for wheat cents or or slightly under. But um, I really was interested to look at the price of prestige proof sets. These have the silver dollar in them as well as the proof versions of the um, the other denominations of, of coinage, circulating coinage. And the prices that they sold for in this 1996 issue versus a, a relatively uh, reasonable recent price in the gray sheet, seven of the 13 have gone down. Five of them have gone up, although most of those were modest increases, very, very modest, and one price was flat. So, you know, I, I just, you know, some of this stuff, all of these things that I've talked about are common. There's nothing um, that is necessarily unique or driven by factors of, you know, we're, we're not talking about condition rarities. You're not talking about stuff that's ultra high grade. It's just for the lack of a better word, stuff. And some of the stuff has done well and some of the stuff has not done well. And I just wonder, you know, if if I can going forward take a an approach that is more measured and thinking about, okay, what is what is going to be the winner 
26, 27 years from now compared to uh, what isn't. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you have fun with it, it really doesn't matter. But uh, we certainly, most folks want to uh, come out ahead in the long game. I, I don't know. I just, I, I found that interesting and uh, food for thought and I'm always hungry. So <laughs> there you go. Goes with it. And it's interesting, the ads, I mean, comparing the prices, kind of like what we do with the monthly trends is looking how the uh, how certain coins have gone up or down as time goes along. And uh, latest trends issue currently being produced right now, reviewed the rare coins, haven't gotten to the moderns yet. But that very same issue had a couple of uh, letters that I found very interesting. Actually, every one of them was interesting, but I just managed to pick a couple here. And it starts off, Save Kennedy is the... Headline on it says, when I read the page one article in the September 23rd issue about the 1996 Kennedy half dollars, I thought this is strange. I've been getting 1996 halves at the bank for a couple of months. So I went down to the bank and asked for some half dollars. The teller only had 10. I bought all of them. When I returned home, I checked the dates and found two 1996s in almost uncirculated condition, plus a 1964. This is the second one I've found this year, just buying half dollars whenever I go to the bank. I'm of the opinion that the Kennedy half dollars are one of the most saved coins after the cent just because people do not see them in circulation. I don't know of any stores that give them out in change, so whenever you come across one, save it. That's from Michael Lance from Lakewood, Colorado. The second one uh, kind of conjured up the image of the story that you'd written for this latest issue dealing with the hoard that was discovered over in the Netherlands, and this one's called Spade Work. I'd like to share with Coin World readers a wonderful experience I had recently with my sixth grade son, Jack. His class took a field trip to the site of a plantation home in southern Louisiana, and I served as one of the chaperones. The home, which dated back to the 18th century, is no longer standing. However, an archaeological team is excavating the site and providing opportunities for students to actually participate in the digging. During the early part of the trip, I asked the guide if any coins had been found on the site. She indicated that the only one she knew of was a 1915 nickel. The tour continued, and the children were given time to dig with trowels, whisk brooms, and dustpans in an area thought to be a trash dump. Jack started digging, and I could not help but watch as he unearthed some chunks of brick, a rusty nail, and some broken pieces of pottery. But then, he found a small disc. We cleaned it off and discovered that it was a coin, dated 1796. Had it been a U.S. coin, I probably would have been able to identify it, but it was obviously foreign. We gave it to the director of the company, and she indicated she thought it was Spanish and told us that others had been found previously. We left it in the bag of artifacts, sad to give it up, but happy that we had made a contribution to the project. We looked it up at the local library, and we think it was a spade guinea. Now I'm planning to locate one to give to my son as a replacement, as a reminder of his numismatic discovery, I could not have planned such an experience. That's from John Hornsby of Mandeville, Louisiana. So pretty neat story there. Absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, one of the things that 
catalyzes all of us that really drives our interest is this idea of finding stuff and the connection to history. And that uh, that brings it all together <laughs> right there. That's that's a neat, neat story. Um, wonder uh, wonder how many coins they ended up finding at that place. Of course, we don't we, we won't ever know. But um the the what ifs and and the whys those are the questions that keep us motivated and keep coming back to the table um, week in week out uh, you know go it's going to a show and finding the coin that you want and haven't been able to find for however long a time or finding a deal on something that you know you think oh that's undervalued or you know uh, hey show us something neat show us something cool and being surprised amazed uh, all that there's um, just so many opportunities for that yeah it's true that you can make a discovery without getting your hands dirty so depending upon what you're looking for obviously there's material out there for you that you can come across and some of the material that, i mean again it's the thrill of the hunt been doing this for three years now and still don't have all the state quarters. Can I buy them? Sure. But my quest is to get them in circulation, get them in the wild. Do I cheat by, you know, putting five bucks in a car wash machine? Sure. Why not? But the whole idea is, and it was interesting when I was looking through my quarters a couple of weeks ago and uh, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for certain quarters. Well, why? I said, because certain ones I need for my collection and so on and so forth. And it was like, we got a whole bunch of them here. You want to look at them? Sure. Didn't find anything I was looking for. Thinking that particular time I was looking for a demon in 2004. But, you know, just the idea that it's out there. You know it's out there. You just don't know where. And that's just part of the part of the fun that goes right along with it. Absolutely. And I think uh, what's even more fun is trying to stump Larry. And uh, we're going to see if uh, we can stump Larry again. Uh, last again, <laughs> well, I mean, I've stumped you before. I don't know that la last time you got it right, I believe. But uh, so last episode, I because we were talking about the Mint Directors Conference in Canada, I wanted to know which was the first circulating commemorative silver dollar from Canada and what did it commemorate? And uh, now I guess I posed the question, do you uh would you care to share the answer? Do you know? Well, I'm, the glad, I'm glad you posed the question because I think I had the answer a long time ago, but that's what happens when you don't, you don't, you let this stuff get shuffled up. I remember, I do remember part of it though, because it's special years, the year my, my father was born. I think 1935 is the answer I came up with. And it had to do with the king, I believe is what the occasion was are correct. It was King George V's Silver Jubilee. He acceded to the throne in 1910. 25 years to that gets you 1935. And uh, it was a 1935 silver dollar. Now, again, I, I posed the question carefully. It was the first circulating commemorative silver dollar. The first silver dollar was the 1911 silver dollar. Um, and I got a chance to see both known examples in a lead trial example of the 1911 when I was at the Bank of Canada Museum in Ottawa. And, uh, but that was, you know, that's almost unique, not unique because there's more than one extant, but almost unique. 
Here's where I here's where I here's where I here's where I dampen it. Pictures or it didn't happen. <laughs> I I do have pictures uh locked away on my camera. So uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so um yeah, uh I, darn it. I, I was hoping to stump you and I, I pretty much I'll give you credit for that one. Great. Well, I'm going to turn the tables on you now because I had a little time to think about what I wanted to do. And uh, this won't be a trend. This will be an occasional thing that happens here. And I've got a question for you. And I know you're the world coin guy, and I appreciate the fact that that happens. But I know you also are somewhat interested in U.S. coins. So I don't know this is going to be much of a challenge for you, but I'm going to toss it out there to you anyway. As I mentioned earlier on in the program, I have started acquiring some of these winged Liberty head Mercury dimes. And just so I'm starting to learn a little bit more about the series and the, the mints and which ones were involved when and how and, and all that, because it's just good to have the knowledge whether you actually ever get a full collection of the coins. That's, you know, that's immaterial. So I know, and I want you to tell me, and you probably will know, I'm not, I have no delusion that I'm going to stump you here. But there was one year where they did not make the Wing Liberty Head or Mercury Dime. I just want to know the year. That's all. Okay. And, well, and, and it was during the during the run. You can't say 1971 because we know that <laughs> didn't happen. So yeah, you know, you say there was more than one year. Yeah, <laughs> there was one year it. during the run of yeah. Okay. Okay. It uh, didn't make it anywhere. So that's, yeah, it's not a, not a mint specific question. It's just, nope. a, okay. Okay. Nope. Well, so then if uh, you find one of these, it's fake. So. Okay. I, I will, uh, you will have to check back next episode for the answer. That gives me a little bit of time to think about it. And, um, and uh, in the meantime, we're going to, say thank you for listening and thank you for coin world plus and uh just uh glad to be back in the saddle again this week this episode um hope uh hope everyone's having a good time adding to their collection and learning and growing in the hobby as always make it fun fun first is what it needs to be maybe my manta my uh mantra for 2024 fun first and uh, that just also coincides with my travel schedule. But anyway, in the meantime, happy collecting. Thank you for listening to the Coin World Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next week. Coin World Plus is your new way to collect. Manage your inventory, digitally authenticate coins, create your want list, buy and sell coins, and much more. Learn more about CoinWorld Plus at CoinWorldPlus.com or download the app now at Google Play or the App Store.